So uh, we wanted to share this lovely podcast with you so you can see how fun and easy it is. So uh, welcome to podcasting. It's really fun. Mike, I'm so glad you're here with us. Christian, thanks for doing the boards. And uh, I have my Tom Hayes and Ryan Zaharchek. Welcome, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So uh, let's start by saying and repeating the lovely title I gave our lovely podcast today. So it's creating a giving culture within your company. So it's creating and maintaining, I think, here in this case, because, Tom, you're, the company you're with, New Jersey Natural Gas, has right. had this culture for many, many years. How many years have you guys had this kind of giving culture? I think it really started when the company started close to 70 years ago. Um, we started in Asbury Park, and uh, we've been given to that community and many others ever since. So it's a long time, long history. And Ryan, yours is a kind of very different story. What kind of story, what story is your giving culture? Sure. Um, you know, I started the business 71 years ago, so I got Tom by one year. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you started, you started Yeah, we do genetic reversal, so I'm actually, you know, 112. <laughs> you, look uh, <laughs> you, you look so awesome. What age, what founder did you find? Uh, you know, well, I started the business in 2007, and, you know, I, st I founded the business really with a giving mindset. It, it, it actually was core to uh, not you know, not just giving back to the community, but in how I wanted to practice my business. So it was a very natural fit for me in 2014 when we went and actually created a foundation that, in which we would give a percentage of our time and a percent of our, our revenue back to the community. That's awesome. Do you, um, I want to kind of want to ask both of you this because I've kind of been doing a lot of thinking. Um, this ties in so much to the time of year we have because it's November, it's Thanksgiving, we're moving into the holidays, which a lot of people tend to have a charitable mindset at this time of year. But um, you do this, you know, 12 months a year. So this is a, a mindset that you carry with you all the time. Do you think that you grew up with this mindset? Do you think it's nurture versus nature? And um, why... These are two questions. <laughs> Why do you think that um, you you felt this was so important to carry on through not only your purse, I'm assuming if you're this way in your professional life, you're probably this way in your personal lives. How did that, you know, I don't know where I even started with that question. Go ahead. Try to figure that one out and answer it. Ryan, we'll start with you. Okay. Uh, you know, getting, I, I think I heard nature versus nurture. So yeah, I'll go with that in that. the question. Uh, you know, I definitely think it was uh, fertile ground. Uh, my parents created a, a culture in our household of giving. And uh, whether it be through the church or through charitable organizations, um, we weren't certainly over the, I don't want to say over the top because there's no such thing as over the top giving. But, you know, we didn't, we, we weren't that family that gave half of our presents at Christmas to a charity but by the same token every Sunday we went to church and then we did some sort of charity event uh, Sunday after that after that church so I kind of already had the fertile ground but as I grew uh, and I you know I, I those of you who know me know I, I'm a reader I like to read and um, I, I was learning about uh, just kind of those who were the most successful in life were the people that that tended to be givers and um, it, it just really stuck with me as you know I already had that fertile ground from my, my parents and how I was raised and learning more and more that you know really giving is the way to leads to happiness you know we can all uh, there's it's almost cliche how many people that have all the money they could ever want and need and how miserable they are right so that that's really not the path to happiness the despite what we all want and i had a lot of success very early on I, when I, as soon as i graduated college i started working on wall street and within three years i was making three hundred thousand dollars a year and uh, you know i basically realized that that's great but and it was nice and it was fun to take my friends on vacation but i wasn't like truly happy and um I, when I started the business, I, I said, that's what this business is going to be about. It's going to be about me wanting to find fulfillment and not in money. It's going to be in, in, in giving. That's great. How about you? Um, I, too, was raised with a family that, uh, you know, was helpful in the community. I went through Catholic school all, all my uh, career, grammar school, high school, Catholic University of America. Um, and I, uh, although I studied architecture, and that's my degree, when I started working with the gas company uh, about 30 years ago, I was in facilities. And I lived in Asbury Park at the time. And back in the uh, late 80s, nobody really wanted to live in Asbury Park. And it was not a place to, that most families would, would be there. But my wife and I, we moved there, had children, raised family there. And they saw that, uh, the company saw that I was very involved in the community and said, you know what? We're going to start an economic development department. We'd like you to head that up, which was a great experience. It got me from like kind of the inside working with the employees 
to the outside community on a more of a regular basis in areas like Long Branch and Nasbury and Lakewood and so on. And then when this position opened about 20 years ago for me to for uh, um, head up customer and community relations, they asked me to take this position, which was great because I really had a passion for helping people. And the company is so much behind that at, at pretty much every level that it really was just a, another stepping stone. And I, I just want to say, like, to work for a company like the gas company that does volunteer programs and has a charity and uh, has educational programs, we try to do everything we can out in the community that, that we can. In fact, on your tables, we put some of the brochures. There's more over here on the couch. But um, it just gives you an idea of, of the types of programs that we do. And the difference between a small company and a, a large company is that if, if – as, as Ryan is very um, responsible as a, a small business owner doing the great work that he does, we too like to be considered a responsible company that's giving back in the community as we should, helping the folks that are our customers or are where we live and work, all those sorts of things. It's sort of like it's just the right thing to do. And I think that's kind of how you feel too. It's like, it's nothing, you know, abnormal. Like these are things we should be doing as humans to be helping each other. So at a, at a, company level, we have a lot more resources to be able to do these things in a different manner. So that's why you see the table with all the paperwork and little flashlights and little um, hand sanitizers for you, because we can do those sorts of things. But we, we take it seriously. You know, we, we have really good customer service. We try to do the best we can in the community at all times. You know, we have awards and different things to prove it. But really, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, we should just be doing the right thing all the time. And that's what we try to do. That's kind of our mantra. We do tons of volunteerism uh, programs. Again, lots of charitable work. We help over 2,500 organizations. And we're only Mammoth Ocean and Morris County. So it's a lot of organizations to, to be helping. But we do it because it's the right thing to do. Thank you. Gentlemen, I'm going to jump in here. Um, I, I want to thank you both for being here, number one. And number two, Ryan, you had, you had just spoken about nature versus nurture. And I think we all know that uh, it's, unless you're Hitler, there is that um, natural inclination for all people when they see someone in distress to actually go and help. So uh, would you please tell us in both of your capacities, Ryan, you as a small business owner, and um, how, how do you affect your community specifically? Just give us a couple of examples. I would love to hear this because nobody likes to talk about themselves. I realize that. So, yeah, I, and Jen, Jen's a perfect example up here. So I, I would love to hear, uh, actually, both of you uh, just talk about a couple of ways that you have that you're proud of. I, I want to hear the pride, you know. Sure. Give it to us now. <laughs> Seriously. This is, it's, well, what is it about? Take a deep call. breath and let it all go. Uh, no, um, you know, it's, it's a great question. Especially as a small business, it's very difficult because your resources are limited. You know, we are not a natural gas utility where we have the ability to give Stay tons close. and tons of hey, money. Hey, Ryan, stay close to your mic. I'm sorry. It's Give tons and tons of money and, <laughs> and, and, and really affect change on a massive scale. Um, so what we have to do is we, got, we have to be really targeted and, and pinpoint what we do. And, uh, you know, our kind of our motto is instead of going shallow, we, we tend to go deep. So we pick a few things that are really important to us and we go deep and, and get involved in those on, on a pretty heavy level. Um, fortunately, that's growing. Uh, so we did actually start a foundation in 2014 uh, called Zenergy Cares. Uh, 2% of all the revenue that comes into his energy retirement planning uh, goes to that organization to give back to the community. There are no costs to Zenergy Cares, 100% of the costs, and they're relatively minor, but those are paid by Zenergy Retirement Planning. Um, and then we also volunteer. So we, we work with retirees for the most part, of people getting ready for retirement and really sort of utilizing Zenergy Cares to tap into their resources, both time and money, to get them involved and not just helping the community, but also helping them find a purpose. So a lot of people will retire and say, you know, I, I, I don't know what I'm retiring to. And Zenergy Cares is a great fit for that because it helps them get involved and find something they care about. And maybe they stop doing that through Zenergy Cares. Maybe they just do it on their own. Uh, lots of retirees we've worked with, you know, helped us at um, one of our, you know, events uh, and, and then got involved with that organization 
organization directly as opposed to continuing to go through Synergy Cares. And that's great. That's what we want to see. So, you know, we we do write checks and, and of course that's great. And, you know, we don't send out a press release or anything when we write the checks. We, um, But we, we actually started within Synergy Cares doing specific events that are ours, that we own, that we kind of developed and we're really proud of. Um, the first one is called Operation Prep and Landing, where we go to the hospitals at Christmas time. And uh, if you walk into a child's hospital at, at you know, December 23rd, it's a hospital room. That's it. I mean, there's some decorations on the walls in the hallway and things like that. But we walk in and we decorate the entire room and get them ready for Santa. So we put a tree up. We you know put up lights. We, we just make it festive and fun. Um, we also take care of kids that will be overnight in the hospital that, that are not uh, Catholic Christian. So, you know, we make sure that everybody's everybody's accounted for and taken care of. Um, we've also expanded that into adopt a family program where we've this year we adopt six families um, that we're actually going to be providing Christmas for uh, one of the one of the households there in their house burned down and it was about two months ago they have nothing and you think about losing not just you know your house but all your Christmas decorations and uh, you know all of your holiday stuff you know so we're replacing all that and uh, we're we're basically providing them with a holiday this year uh, kids Helping Kids was another or, uh, another event that we started, which was we wanted to get our kids involved, you know, all of us on the board, not all of us, but a lot of us have children, and we wanted to a place where children could volunteer, and most volunteer opportunities, they tell you 18 and older, which is really frustrating if you have children and you want to get them involved in the community, so we started Kids Helping Kids. Um, we actually started it with Westside Christian Academy, for those of you who remember that. It was in Red Bank, then Asbury Park, and uh, we, you know, we, we basically furnished them with uh, backpacks full of school supplies. Um, so, you know, it was sort of at-risk children uh, going to school in a very special place. Um, the last couple of years, we've supported Steam Park as part of the Kids Helping Kids organization. But we have our kids collect school supplies, stuff backpacks, and uh, in August, bring them to the schools so that when the kid walks in on the first day, they have a backpack full of supplies and are ready to go. Um, so there's just a few examples. You know, we like to support the arts. We like, we, we've like we got a lot of things that, that we are supporting. Uh, but those are the few that we really made our own, that we really wanted to kind of get involved in. And not just our you know our board that that's seven people but also bring in people bring in you know 20 volunteers to help and stuff backpacks and do the things that we're going to be doing so getting other people involved is really important to us i really like what you brought up about um you know i have a 16 year old and um now she's now 20 almost 24 but when they were younger we do a lot of volunteering and there were so many opportunities that they could not participate in yeah because they weren't old enough. Yeah. So the fact that you allow kids to participate is huge. Yeah. Um, we actually targeted an event where kids would, would, would run it, you know, and that's what kids help. Which is kids. great because yeah, teaching them those skills at an mm-hmm. early age is really huge, too, because who's going to do it when we're gone? Sure. You know, they have to learn it early on and we have to, um, I think, help, you know, pr- help. You know, w- we're talking about this culture and building it in corporations and nurture v- nature versus nurture. But it starts when we start teaching them and providing them the opportunities. So they may not be learning it at home. But if we provide that opportunity for them, you know, teaching them as adults now, even if they're not our own children, but we give them the opportunities to learn it from somewhere else. We're providing and continuing that culture as well going up forward. So that's Absolutely. huge. Yeah. Thank you. And Sorry. Ryan's not going anywhere because he's 107 years old. Right. And he's found <laughs> I'm just getting younger. I hate so to work it. He's going to start following him around. So. I think he'd make a lot of money bottling that, that practice. That's pretty, pretty impressive. Um, I would say from the gas company perspective, a couple of the programs that um, I'd say we're particularly proud of is we're the only utility in the state that has its own energy assistance program in addition to what the government offers. And the reason why that's so wonderful, I think, from our perspective, is that we can use those dollars to, to fill in the cracks where, you know, a lot of folks, a lot of these assistance programs are strictly for income level where our gift of warmth program is available for folks that might make plenty of money, but they've had a medical issue or lost their job in the middle of that year or whatever it might be. So even though their their tax statement may show they make a lot of money at that particular moment in time, they're really struggling. So we can use those energy assistance dollars to help all of us. And uh, it really does help a lot with a lot of families that are just struggling to get through a particular crisis. So that's kind of a, an internal program that we had created years ago, back in the 80s, as a matter of fact, to really help our customers that again, don't fit into just that mold of strictly being low income. There's plenty of dollars for those folks. We help those folks, of course, as well. But it's nice to have something for the middle class or even upper class that has an issue here and there. So that's a nice program that we have. Um, 
in terms of like issues that pop up, like Sandy, we were talking about earlier with Sandy. So I served on the long-term recovery group for both Monmouth and Ocean Counties. And I attended pretty much every meeting and watched everything that was going on and where we could donate money specifically to help certain groups. Like you have to be there, you have to be on the ground. And that's one thing I was really disappointed was that we were the only company in Monmouth County on the long-term recovery group that stayed there, was really there the whole time. And in Ocean County, it was ourselves in Ocean First Bank. And it was like odd to just think like, we're the only companies that really care enough to show up to be here and listening and trying to make sure that we're taking care of folks. And this isn't just gas company customers that we're helping. We're helping everybody that's that dealing with all kinds of different issues. And um, also, I serve on the um, Monmouth County um, Human Services Advisory Council. Now, again, I was invited to, to join there. I'm, the again, the only corporation that's on that board. It's all human service folks and, and me. And, you know, because they recognize that we really do care about the community and we are a, a you know, we really participate with just about every organization in the area that's, you know, uh, involved. So those are some of the things that I, I think are important. And what I like about the gas company is that we can turn quickly. We're not like a big bureaucratic machine that takes months to, to make a change. If something happens like Sandy, we turn around quickly and we're there helping immediately, which I think is important. And a lot of times I've, it's, it's not the individuals that represent other companies that, that, that are the problem. It's the company in general or wherever they're headquarters headquarters is located or whatever. It's all this other stuff that mires them down. I've, I've been very fortunate and I really always say it and it's important to our, in our company that we don't get caught up in that, that we don't say to, to folks that want to apply for funding that, oh, you have to go on our website and fill out this, you know, obscure form and then you may hear from us, you may not. People co- send me the letters or send it right to our company. We review them and try to get back to them within a couple of weeks. So it's, it's important to be flexible and feel like you really care about your community. And part of that is being able able to really react quickly and help where the when when the help is needed as opposed to like oh yeah you know we showed up for the picture you know because once a year we do this it's it's not about that it's being consistent that's another mantra is like we have to be consistent we can't just give somebody money for for the photo op and then disappear and you don't see us anymore that's that's not how it works so um, I think all these things are really important for again what Ryan's saying at at, at, um, for a smaller business you know you can do you can react and do those sorts of things quickly but I think you need to do that as a larger company as well if you really are serious about helping your your community um tom you and i had we have a much longer podcast on the same subject pretty much so it's not really fair because i know a lot about what tom does um, <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that um so i'm going to throw the question to ryan and then have tom follow up but um you know i know i've also heard this from a lot of our members is that a lot of the big corporations the employees have required amounts of hours that they have to put in for community service um so like i know that a lot of corporations require this but don't necessarily provide the time for it they're allowed to take the time off but as we all know when you're trying to put the hours in to get your work done that's not always the easiest thing to do ryan um how large is your company how many employees do you have uh four so yeah a (laughs) whopping four not 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 huge (laughs) not huge so do you when you do your projects and your Mm -hmm. stuff do you how do you find that and how do you work that into running your business as well as putting in the time because i know that what you do is not just money sure you you put your physical presence you put your time behind your efforts as well how does that affect your business and is there what is your positives and your negative effects from both from that with your business? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, you know, it, obviously it's a commitment of resources, your time and your money. And, um, you, you know, I, it's very easy to look at that and say, well, you know, aren't you then pulling time away from your business? And, you know, aren't you pulling money of resources away from, you know, growing and improving your business and improving the customer? And, you know, if we were, let's say we were a C-Corp and, you know, we traded shares in the New York Stock Exchange, you know, isn't it all about shareholder, you know, uh, value and creating more shareholder value? And how does this actually create shareholder value? And I think that's a really narrow look at um, at what we do and, and, and giving in general. I think it's extremely important that um, studies have shown time and again that that corporate good neighbors, anybody who uh, is in a, in a business or a larger business that buys shares in a larger business that is a, a business known for giving back or has a, a strong reputation for giving back, um, those, those businesses actually do a lot better over time. Um, is it a coincidence? I, I don't think so. Absolutely not. I think it's a question of... Um, 
uh, you know, uh, it's a giving mentality. You know, you, you, if you have a culture of giving, um, people will recognize that and, and they will use your products and services versus somebody who is a, you're an organization that's constantly taking. Um, so there's no question in my mind that it's a good long-term business strategy. Uh, not that, not that really, to Tom's point, we didn't go into it saying, oh, we're going to make more money by giving. <laughs> you know, if we get 5,000, we better get 10,000 back. And it's just not the way we, we think about things. Um, but we do t- definitely take a, like a sort of an infinite approach to our business, a hundred year approach of, you know, a hundred years from now, are we going to be happier just plugging all the money back into the business or giving back to the community? And we know what the answer to that is. So I know it's kind of a long way around to the answer to your question, but um, our people understand that hundred percent. I've really never had pushback at all from anybody on saying, I have so much work to do and now you're making me do work for the charity. And, you know, now we have this very volunteer event. I mean, every time we go to an event that's a a fundraiser, not a fundraiser, but like a, a charity event where we're giving or, um, you know, we're involved. People just love it. And I'm talking about not only my, my, the people that work for me, my partners, my employees, but also our, our members, our clients, because we really get our members and clients involved. And, you know, we don't ever get pushback on, I can't believe how much time this is, you know, people, and we, we really leave it up to them if they want to get involved, but everybody does and everybody loves it. So like, why wouldn't you, you know, it's a great culture. It's a great, place to be where everybody's happy and everybody's helping someone and, and doing good things. So from a time standpoint, it's never an issue. I don't think it will ever be an issue. I mean, maybe we're, you know, during our heavy busy season and we, we try actually not to schedule a lot during the heavy busy season because we just know it's going to be busy. There's two, two, three months of the year. Um, from a financial standpoint, again, same thing. I don't think I've ever thought about it like, oh, you know, we're, we're giving X amount this year and boy, that would be nice to use that towards this marketing plan or something. It, it just never, it never has crossed our mind. And even when we're talking about budget and strategy for the year, um, you know, we don't we don't ever say like, okay, we'll cut Zenergy Cares donations and then we'll, uh, you know, that'll help us over here because it's not who we are. It's not what we want to do. It's not the culture that we have. Um, does it hurt sometimes to, you know, take, you know, thousands of dollars out of our business checking account and move it towards a charity account? I, I guess, but I don't keep the books, so I don't care. <laughs> it's my business, but I don't keep the books. So at the end of the day, I just say, you know, as long as we're profitable, that's, you know, then, then we're, that's something we're going to do. And, um, and it works. So uh, I, I don't know if that answered your question thoroughly, but, you know, that's really just our mentality and our culture within the organization. And somebody new that comes in, a transplant that comes in, brand new employee, which, you know, we're going to be hiring again probably in May or June. I'll tell you right now, they're going to come in and see the four of us, you know, doing this and loving it and enjoying it. And we even ask in the interview process, you know, about giving and about charity and about, you know, how, how what are your thoughts on that? And if we don't get the right answers, you know, we, we have a we have values, our cultural values, and, and all of our interview questions are about those. And one of those is, is giving and giving back. And uh, if we don't find that that's a good fit, they, they won't even get a job offer. So. You know, I think that's pretty interesting because whether you're a company of of four Mm -hmm. or a company of a thousand, um, it really starts with the leadership. And I think that's important. Uh, Obviously, in your business, you're you're promoting that and you're all for that. So, you know, your staff is is willing to get behind you because they know you believe in it. and You're going to, you know, support that. Same thing in our company. We have really good leadership. Our CEO is like Larry Downs was our CEO for for uh, 20 something years and just retired. And we have a new CEO. His name is Steve Westhoven. And again, it's it's sort of passing the baton. Both are very concerned about the community. And that's important because that makes everybody feel comfortable when we're volunteering. And by the way, like we don't have a, a requirement. It's just our volunteer programs are those that want to. They're invited to. We always engage our retirees. We always engage our employees' families because we think that's really important as well. So when we do our, our uh, volunteer programs, as was mentioned before, all the kids are, in, are, are invited. So we do beach cleanups or all kinds of different things like the whole family can be involved. And yes, there are some opportunities that the organization that we're helping does have a requirement on age, but we try to make sure there's plenty of opportunities for, for everybody to be engaged. Um, but it is in, very important, I'd say that for all your businesses, that the, that the very top, you've got to be in full support of this sort of stuff if it's going to work because if you're not people sense it and people don't feel it's as important an issue as they they should and i think it's just important if you're if you're a leader and you you're not really out there talking about this a lot with your group i think again that's a very important piece of the puzzle that you have to be talking about it and talking about it often so that your folks really feel like that wow i'm part of this team and this team really wants me to do this and 
you get out there and volunteer. All our, what we call our vision volunteer hours, uh, which we do over, you know, 5,000 a year, is all after hours. It's not during during work hours at all. We have two days where we, we, we do programs for a specific organization that is um, on, like, during the work hours, but it's not included in those hours. It's separate. And, like, this year we just did the Girl Scouts. I mean, we did two days, about 100 employees each day at the Girl Scouts Camp Sacagawea right here in uh, Farmingdale and uh, really did a lot of work because we also have our crews that can come with the big machinery and equipment and we can be built a bridge for them. We did some digging, some trenching, all kinds of stuff. We did their parking lot areas and stuff. So we can do really great things because we have those tools and equipment, which I think is another important part of the puzzle too, is that when you have a company, you bring all those different resources that you have. In our case, because of what we do with, you know, the kind of construction work that we do, we have that kind of equipment, but we're not shy about bringing it, which I, I think was very impressive when we do some of those programs because it saves these organizations thousands and thousands of dollars that we can come in in two days and do stuff that they probably would have to budget, you know, 10 years for to, to really get that stuff done. And we're just happy to do it. We're always using those resources, just like when we donate, we donate our retired vehicles, whatever we have that we can give to our community members, we look at it and try to make sure we have it. Or we, we have our conference spaces. We donate for free for organizations to use our spaces. Anything we can think of that can help our community folks, we try to do it. So I think that's important. Always think of think of things that way. It's something that you might feel is kind of simple, like, oh, geez, we have these old staplers. We're, we're going to get new ones. There's an organization that could use those staplers. Like, don't think anything's too small. There's organizations that need everything. So just, you know, kind of keep those things in mind. But again, as leaders, you really need to, to really make sure and reinforce those thoughts in all your employees to want to be involved in the community. It just makes life easier. And if your employees are happy doing good things in the community and they connect that to the company that they work for, they're going to be much happier employers. And I, and I would tell you that in our company, a lot of folks that look at the gas company that want to work at the gas company, look at our involvement in the community. And that's really a very important issue for them when they're, when they're looking to come work for us. They say that all the time when they look at our website or they see us in the community, they feel like this is a nice company that really cares. So it's nice to work for a company like that. So never underestimate the value of just being good people, because I think it goes a really, really long way. Thank you, Tom. Um, I'm going to pull back the curtain on what like podcasting really is. And uh, Jen, you know, uh, gives me the, the side thing and says, do you have a question for them? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm carrying this whole thing. Yeah, You're going to step up. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm not much of an interviewer. Um, I don't have a, a question per se, but um, it's more of a statement. And I'd love all three of you to react to it. Jen, I'm throwing you a curveball right, here. Cool. Um, Ryan, I, I love uh, what you said about if we don't teach our children who's going to. My father was a simple country doctor. Uh, I mean, here in Monmouth County. and I've heard, actually, he delivered a lot of people he locally. Did, well, delivered them where? To, to the to, gates of hell? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I was going to say, yeah, Tom That's always throws them. that one in there. Uh, my father... Being a doctor, giving was sort of um, it was it kind of came with the, the occupation. So, but he uh, he would barter with people. He would make house calls, do all the things that doctors uh, don't do anymore. But and in terms of you know financial success, never really he. Honest to God, we we were going through his books uh, when he passed away. He never made more than $65,000 a year. And he had six sons that he put through college. And uh, instead of, you know, praising my dad here, uh, which I love to do at every opportunity, but that kind of culture filtered down to me. And when Ming Chen and I opened up the doors of a shared universe podcast studios, it was never to make money. It was, uh, I mean, making money is great, but <laughs> the thing that we wanted to do was have a home for people's stories because each and every one of you out there, you've got a story. And the story matters not just to you, but to somebody else. And it might be halfway across the world. And it lives on. That's, that's what a podcast does. And that's what I'm hoping this podcast is going to do. Um, it tells a story and at the end of and 
Ryan, when you said that in a hundred years you're gonna, I'm I'm convinced that in a hundred years you're gonna look at your books and be like, uh, I'm glad we made that decision. You're still gonna, you're gonna probably look even younger. It's, it's <laughs> so, I'll be like in my diapers again. Exactly. <laughs> What's that button? That that button that's guy, Benjamin Button. Benjamin Button. Yeah, Benjamin yeah. Button. Um, <laughs> so, words of pros, uh, words for posterity. Mm-hmm. What are your words? What what do you hope in a hundred years? Not just that bottom line, but what do you hope that your company is going to stand for? And I, I mean, I want all three of you to answer this for me because I know what mine is. We told the story, and it stuck. If if I have that on my tombstone, I'll be happy. So what's going to be not a, 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 a no tombstone for you. I yeah, it's just, just not gonna happen. <laughs> Here oh, would lie oh, <laughs> if he never die. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry. When they build a monument to me, <laughs> is that what you're trying him. to say? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, it, it you know it's a good question, and uh, the the. The, the short answer is, and I, I actually came up with this when I started the business, is you know what I want my life to be about. Now, whether it's a, a motto on a tombstone, I don't know, but I want my life to be about using my gifts and talents to help other people. And it doesn't mean you can't make money along the way in doing that. Um, you know, I, I definitely a lot of my you know my business uh, role models are people like Walt Disney and Steve Jobs and um, Howard Schultz of Starbucks. Uh, these are guys who went out and they did these incredible things, but they didn't do them for money. I mean, if if you read anything about any three of them, they did not do what they did for money. They did it because it it was a passion. It was a love uh, and. I don't necessarily think for all of them it was a well wanting to help people, but it was definitely a passion and a love for what they did um, in providing the best product or service for the world, for the community, for whoever it is that they were they were providing it for. And um, they then would price that accordingly, right? So it was the work itself that came first, and then you price it so that you can make money. Um, you know, I, I was an economics major in college, so I, I understand that I have to turn a profit in order to continue doing what I'm doing, or else it doesn't make any sense. So we do price uh, accordingly, but everything we talk about is, is you know, we, we talk almost never about how do we market, how do we get the word out there. It's about how do we how do we provide better service, how do we help people more, how do we how do we add more value to what we're doing, and we put that in a framework, and, and we're constantly trying to improve that. So for me. It's how can I use my gifts and talents and the things that I do well to help others? And, um, you know, it, 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 it was a very natural fit for me because I came from a Wall Street background where everything was about money. It was trading things all day for a nickel. And I can tell you, I, I was in your seat uh, 13 years ago where I came to my you know, first chamber event or to you know, years and years of chamber events and networking. And um, it, you, I'm sure everybody in this room has met somebody who the minute you meet them, they hand their business card to you and start talking about themselves and and how great they are in their product or service. Um, I apologize if I'm stepping on any toes because maybe that's what you've learned, <laughs> but that's really not the way to build relationships. And it's it's really more about giving. It's more about what can I do for you, and you know helping helping people, learning about people. Uh, and and I found that that business model is extraordinarily successful. It, it just really is. If you can think about in your world, and you know we're talking a lot about. A small, a small business owner who started his own business and a large organization, you know, with thousand people. You may not be that person. You may just be an individual who just started your own company. You may be an individual who's a salesperson, but you have the ability to go out there and be um, Adam Grant and give and take calls at Otherish, where it's just you know thinking about others is really top of mind. It's how can I do little things to help others, and you don't want to be taken advantage of. None of us do. You know you don't want to be the person that uh, is you know giving a million dollars to the bum and now you have nothing and now you're a bum, right? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but we can give five minutes of our time every day. To to help somebody, we can give um, you know a little bit extra of our money. You know, do we really need that extra latte? I mean, I, I'm guilty of it. I drink Starbucks every day, but do we need that extra latte, or can we take a little bit of that extra money and, and give it back to people that really have nothing because their house burned down, or be, because they just were not born into the world that you were born into of loving parents and and that sort of thing? So um, that little bit extra, you know, you can do that. You don't need to be part of an organizational culture of giving. You know, your culture is up here. It's all in your in your head about what you can do to to give back. So use your gifts and talents to make the world a better place. And if we all did that, we'd have a much better world. 
Well, I would say certainly from from our perspective as a company, um, just doing the right thing seems to be the, the mantra that works. Like when there's an issue, you step in and try to help. So I think as as humans, we should be human to each other and really try to make sure that if somebody needs needs something, you, you try to do what you can to help them out. Now, you know, for me specifically, you know, I, did, I didn't expect to be in this job when I went to college. Again, I went to school for architecture. That's my degree. That's my background. I started the gas company in that area, in facilities, renovating buildings, putting up new buildings, all that sort of thing. That was, it was great work. But it was my, the fact that I lived in Asbury Park and was involved in my community. And back then, there were, I swear, there were like 20 of us trying to keep that whole town afloat because it was such a mess. The, the city council was, was crazy and the redevelopment failure, all these sorts of things that were happening in Asbury at the time. It was nuts. So I was coaching Little League. I was president of the Chamber of Commerce. I was president of the uh, UEZ board. And we were doing all these kinds of things. My wife was on the board for Little League and doing things in the community. And all, all these things that you had to do because the, the community needed you. And you realize, like, either you could ignore that, move out, or pretend it didn't happen, whatever, or you get involved. And we chose to get involved. And I'll tell you, we built some wonderful relationships with folks of all different cultures that we probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet these folks had we lived somewhere else. Plus, when I look at my career, just because I was doing the right thing, being involved in the community, somebody at our company saw that in me and said, you know, we would like to start an economic development department and we think you'd be the right guy for it because you, you already have a passion for helping others, that sort of thing. So, you know, that took somebody in our company to look at that and, and value that and say this is important. And then when this particular position became available for me to head up our community relations, which again, I didn't go to school to head up community relations, but it's just sort of a natural thing and I think that's important that you work for a company or that you're in an environment where people look at the people and say what are you really good at or are there some additional things you could be doing or can we take you out of this department which I was doing an okay job in facilities running facilities but they felt like I would probably be a better use in a, in a different area so that's another part of, of being involved in the company is looking at your people and making sure like they say often like you know you might have all the right people on the on the right bus but are they in the right seats on the bus? So, you know, you really should take that into consideration, too, in your day to day work is, you know, you know, your, your team. And if there's somebody who's shining, don't be don't feel like threatened by that person. But maybe make sure that person gets in the right spot so they can help your company do better and, and all that. And that's whether you're running your business or trying to run a really good community involvement type of program. But. I think those are, you know, that's that's always been kind of important to me is that, again, as a company, you just try to do the right thing. And it's not like just being in, in front of everybody all the time and like even like this, you know, but but you do the right thing. And sometimes things like this happen because they look at your company and say, wow, you you are doing good things. So we would like you to speak on this pod podcast or whatever it might be. You don't go hunting for those things. It just happens because. You know Jen, she's not going to fool around. If we weren't serious about what we do in the community, there's no way she'd have us up here. So, so that's that. So I never get nervous talking. All of a sudden, the longer you kept going, the more nervous I got. <laughs> Good. Good. Thanks a lot, Mike. You know, <laughs> I do this all the time. I'm never nervous. Because um, I realized, like I said, I like to talk about myself. But then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my God, I've talked about myself. Um, so, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, OK, I am the executive director of a chamber of commerce. That is an extremely professional business. There's so many finance companies. Um, my major in college was fashion merchandising. Um, so let's just start there. I had to take sewing. I like your outfit. Thank you. You know what? And, and right? And it wasn't even what I picked out last night. So, like, I'm really surprised. It was the last minute change this morning. Thank you. Um, but, like, we're sitting here thinking, is it nature or nurture? And I can't remember my parents actually putting me in a situation where we were forced to volunteer. But I remember one time when I got my license in New Hampshire, we could drive at 16. So I know I was, I know I had to be 16. And I was driving by and in a distance, I could see these kids fighting on a playground. And it was at dusk. So I stopped my car and I got out and broke up the fight. So I don't know if that makes me a giver or an idiot. <laughs> I'm not sure. This day survive, and age would definitely make giver. me an idiot. Um, but, you know, that's what I did. Um, I remember the day my daughter was born. My oldest daughter was born prematurely. She was in the hospital for a week. I remember being in the car with my mother-in-law on the way to, 
I went home, showered, and we were going back to the hospital, and I saw these two little girls miss the bus. I made my mother-in-law go back, we picked them up, and we drove them to school. So my whole life, I've always been an idiot and taken other people and given to other people and taken care of other people. Um, and so when Ray first mentioned this job to me, um, he's like, you know, you can do this job. And I'm like, no, I can't. I have no skills in this job. I can't. But then I realized the whole 24 years I've been home raising our children, <laughs> I have chaired the art show, I've run PTO, I've run galas for 180. The job I was doing prior to this was starting up Steam Park, which I heard mentioned because you do work for Steam Park. Um, Matt Cohen was one is one of the board members of Steam Park. Um, I was their public relations and helped get them started at Steam Park. So working for charities is something I have been doing without thinking about it. And all those skills brought me to this job, which I find I absolutely love. But one of the things I found that was missing when I first took over was what we were doing for the community. I was working on helping everybody's businesses build their businesses. And I love that part. And I've learned so much. But what I found we were missing is we weren't giving back to the community as much. And we have really started that um, with our last event in November when we um, helped with Covenant House, one of our nonprofit members. We just decorated a room, a bathroom, and did some plantings around and solar lights around the two houses in Asbury Park. They are having their grand opening on Thursday mm -hmm. for their rites of passage. Um, you know, so we are we're starting to give back. As I mentioned, our Christmas event hopefully will be with Casa. We're starting to engage more and more of our nonprofits and give back and provide more activities. Our ENG committee, which is our Emacs Next Generation. They're working almost every event they're doing is relating to giving back to the community. So for all the companies who have those requirements, we are being the, the way that they can get out there and do that. We're trying to provide that for them here at the chamber. So, you know, it is ingrained in me to give back and I can't help it. If you call the office, what can we do for you? Who can I connect you to business, community, anything like that? That's what the chamber's there for. So hopefully, you know, when you come in here and I say you're not doing a 30 second commercial because you can do that anywhere, you're going to do a different thing. My goal is to help you learn how to, you know, network in a different environment to make you feel more comfortable. One of the things I read when I was researching a type of activity to do today is when in doubt of what to say, compliment someone. <laughs> That is the easiest thing in the world to do. Make sure it's genuine, make sure you feel it, but you can easily walk up to someone and say, I really like that tie. Not that many people wear ties that much anymore, although you guys are looking very handsome in your ties today. <laughs> um, but you know, there's you can always do something and let you, you know, and my goal is to help the businesses grow, to help the community grow. And so from, all of that in my life, I have found at 53 years old, I have finally found my perfect job that I had no training for, except a whole life. Does that answer your question? Because I find, you let me talk about myself, heaven help you all. Yeah, <laughs> fitting that onto a tombstone is going to be kind of tough, Jen, but I, I forgot. we'll go with it. Real um, small Jen liked to talk about herself. No, that's, that's perfect. <laughs> that is actually what... It's not a, a prescribed response. It's it's not a yes or no question. This isn't like filling in the SATs. This is, it's what you feel. And that's what she's it's a, supposed to be. She's a giver, baby. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, you know, what one of the things that I found uh, after we joined the chamber was, um, and I'm sure that a lot of you out there feel the same way. You're giving without even knowing it. If you're in a sales position, a smile, customer service, that you go that extra inch. You have no idea what kind of an impact that makes on the person on the other side of the phone or the, the other side of the desk. It makes them feel special. It makes them feel like they matter. And that's something that I need to be reminded of every day. I'm, I, I forget really quickly about a whole bunch of stuff. I have three of the most perfect jobs and no, you know, I, you know, I'm a father and a husband. I own a podcast studio and I, I work in Red Bank uh, in a sales position that most people would kill for. So for me, giving back is it's not just expected of me, but it's expected 
from me. You know, and that's, I don't know if I'm making too much sense you here. You expect but it from yourself I, of yourself. Why, thank you. That's that's exactly what I meant, Janet. See, that is why podcasting is so awesome, because I can just interrupt you and not get in trouble for it. Perfect. Yes. And it's not rude. So, <laughs> seriously. Anybody else want to interrupt? Go ahead. Start taking advantage of your free podcast. Come to the studio. <laughs> you can interrupt me and feel good about yourself. Like Jen does up here. Your wife left. Your wife left. She, she had, yes. she, she, had to, she had to go to work. Um, so, so, so is there anything that you guys want to add to this lovely conversation? If I could just uh, recognize a few people, and I mean, I know Tom and I are the ones up here, but there's a lot of people in this room that give back a lot, and uh, you know, I don't think it's fair necessarily that there's only two people up here talking about it because a lot of you guys uh, that I know uh, are. are very involved and very involved in giving back. We already recognize Matt Cohen and Kevin McCormick and Sharon Franklin and Kevin Muldowney. Um, just uh, John Calli, just people off the top of my head. Uh, there's a lot of people here that are really involved, help not only helping us, but um, you know, help, involved with their own organizations and helping the community. I'm sure a, a number of other people. So congratulations to you. Uh, it's a, it, Like I said before, it's a great thing. It, you don't have to be working a culture of giving necessarily. You don't have to uh, you know, start a business and then start a foundation. Um, it can be little things and those little things add up. And the one thing I have to tell you, you know, really starting my own foundation, which I found really interesting was um, that... <laughs> There, there's a degree of, of marketing that goes behind giving, um, and and I, you know I hate to even say it, but there are organizations out there that that spend a ton of money on marketing and promotion and and, and things like that. And if you're doing something that's that's just a great thing uh, and not saying a word about it, you know, kudos to you. I think that's awesome, and and I think that's what it's about. You know, I don't think you have to keep it quiet necessarily. If you want to tell people, that's fine. But um, you know, we we always joke it's uh, children, kids, and puppy dogs, right? You know, you put a kid in a puppy dog up on TV, you get a million dollars, just like that. Um, but you put, uh, you know, somebody who who is just really struggling right now with addiction or depression or, or things like that. Those are things that you know they, they just don't tug at the heartstrings quite as much, but they 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 have the same need. So there's a lot of need out there that you know is not uh, puppy dogs and children. And um, you know anything you guys can do to, to to get involved is great. Use your gifts, use your talents. Good ideas are more powerful, in my opinion. Good ideas and good decisions are far more powerful than money. There's no question in my mind. We've given money that's been squandered, and we've given ideas that has led to uh, have led to organizations to to great do great things. So the the ideas are really what's important. I think to add on to that, Ryan, just what you had mentioned about like promoting and all that, which is interesting. We had done a study about 15 years ago with uh, like focus groups with some of our customers talking about we wanted to make sure through the charity and our what we do in the community that we're we're hitting the right targets like our focus mainly is on education health and the environment so we just wanted to see from from these focus groups of folks really felt those those were the main issues that we should be focused on but what came out of that with that we weren't asking for was when we were explaining to them the types of things we did that are focused in those areas they were like well how come as customers we don't know about all these things you do like we want to know about what you're doing because as we're going to pay this gas bill every month we'd rather we'd feel better about it even though we don't want to have to pay a gas bill we'd feel better about it knowing that you do all these good things so that was kind of that weird kind of turn for us that we we're sort of like all right we always just sort of did it because we should be doing it and that is our responsibility and we take that seriously but that was kind of a turn where we're, we kind of put a light on that wow our customers want to know what we're doing so it's sort of a tricky slippery slope you don't want to get too you know braggy but you, you know you, you gotta you, you gotta let them know you're doing things so so i would say that probably mimics all of your businesses that if you've got customers that they too probably want to know that they're supporting a business that's giving something back in their community so they feel like all right well i have to pay this bill but at least i know some of that's coming back in the community so i think that's i think that's pretty important and i just um one of the things I forgot to mention up front, on your tables, amongst other things, are these cards. These are cards for our troops. We send out to our troops. If you could just take a moment, just write a quick note to troops, just say, thank you for you know your support. Thank you for keeping us free, whatever. I will collect them all because we send them overseas to our, to our troops. And a simple message could mean a lot to somebody. And so the more that we collect, the more troops or more of our soldiers that get these. So if you wouldn't mind just taking a moment, that would really be great. And I'll just collect them at the at the end. But um, again, as, as Ryan said, it's every, it takes everybody. Everybody's out there seeing different people all the time, doing different things. So not just at the holidays, any time of year, we should be looking for folks that need some help. And, you know, most of us, I think, are in pretty good position to be able to help in one way or another. 
it. And, you know, all of our programs, our, our volunteer programs and things, we invite folks from the community to come in. So even if your company doesn't have a volunteer program and you want to get started and you want to work alongside us or something like that, feel free. We're, we're open to that. We love to, to kind of help folks get their own program started. We always provide food and refreshments at events. So that's always good. You don't have to worry about that. But even if you just want to bring out some of your, your team members, whatever, feel free. And our website is always easy. We, that's another beautiful thing about our communications department. They got it. Our website is just our initials, njng.com. You'll find out about all of our programs, our energy assistance programs, our community programs, things that you might want to get involved with just as, again, as an individual, as a group, feel free. It's a very simple website to go on to. And also, if you know somebody who's looking for, needs a job or whatever, we have a career center there too. Again, we have a lot of folks applying to the company, but um, just so you know, that's always out there too. So That was a commercial for New Jersey Natural Gas. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Absolutely. Um, so I want to reiterate what Ryan had said, too. There are so many um, of you sitting here uh, who are givers. Um, we just participated last week also in Kirchen's mini golf outing, which if none of you have done that before, look for it next year. It's an awesome, fun adventure. Um so when we are choosing our speakers, it is never an easy task to decide who to ask. Um, there are so many awesome people with a lot of great ideas and topics to discuss. Um, but if you are interested in speaking for the chamber, please um, email me, director at emac.org, or my, our assistant, Jill, at assistant at emac.org. We've got really creative email addresses. Um, reach out to us. Let us know you're interested. We are starting to put together our January, our 2020 breakfast schedule. Um, if you're interested in sponsoring a breakfast, you must be a member of the chamber to sponsor a breakfast. So um, please reach out to us as well, and we'll be happy to get in touch with you regarding that. Um, and we will be hopefully having our Spinnaker Award winners for our next few podcasts. It's called Emac Podcast and Coffee. We podcast live on Facebook Friday mornings at 9 o'clock from 9 to 10 a.m. Um, we alternate co-hosts between Tim Davis and Kendra O'Connor, who was here and I think just left. Um, but and myself and we have our guests come and we talk about the chamber we talk about our guests and we have a lot of fun laughing and we do it at a shared universe podcast studio in Eatontown which is if you think this is fun you should go into their studio because it is toys galore and you can stare at really awesome things I do want to say having done the podcast there that that room is pretty pretty phenomenal yeah they even have a, a life size lies uh, life size axe that you can take off the wall and it, what is Do that? That's not just an axe, Mike. What is that? That no, is it's Stormbreaker from Endgame and Avengers: Infinity War. Yeah. It was sculpted for us. We have we have people who like us and. They they have Dude, awesome. So it's stuff. worth it just seeing the room. Oh yeah. And That's I was actually cool. gonna say, Tom, this is your perfect opportunity to yell at her for the my five minute commercial. So <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't give him a hard time, but yeah. Know, so, you know. Hey, I'll, anyway, I'll take it. Thanks. Anyway, um, so. I know that Ryan has another appointment, so I'm going to end the podcast now, but they're available for questions. I want to thank you guys very much for coming, and um, I hope you enjoyed the morning. <laughs>